I believe it was Aristotle that is often attributed with the phrase, well begun is nearly done. And whether you've heard it stated like that or phrased in a slightly different uh, terminology, you know the benefit, you know the significance of that phrase. The point is, as you put in the energy and the preparation to get some project or something started well, that makes it much more likely that you will finish it well. One that comes to mind is the, the project that involves any kind of painting. The bulk of that kind of a project, anybody's favorite, is all of the prep work, the taping and the laying down the canvas or the cover so that you don't spill the paint. And that takes the most time, but once all of that prep work is done, the painting itself is a piece of cake because you don't have to worry about the paint getting anywhere but where it's supposed to be. Well begun is nearly done. We might apply that same phrase to Jesus' ascension. Well begun is nearly done. Because as we were reminded in Luke's Gospel and the reading from Acts as well, Jesus had begun, Jesus had given as good a start on the mission that he gives his church as possible. Jesus had lived, Jesus had suffered, he died, and he rose again. That part of the mission was carried out and completed. There's nothing more to do. When Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, he was making it clear there are no loose ends to be tied. There is no requirement for you to meet as far as your salvation is concerned. It's done. You are at peace with God. And yet the it is finished that Jesus cried out from the cross on Good Friday would be very different from the clouds on the day of his ascension. In fact, on that day, Jesus was essentially saying, it isn't finished. He had carried out his work. Yes, he had made the, the beginning. He had brought everything to completion as far as our salvation. But as he ascended, as he left and entrusted his disciples to the work of the church, he was continuing to convey to them, the work still needs to be done. It still needs to be carried out. Jesus was saying to his church, I have done the heavy lifting. And now you get to be a part of telling others about that truth. That means that you and I, we get to tell others that they can put down the heavy burden of guilt that they carry with them. That they do not need to, to log around to, to carry on their shoulders and their chest that past record of wrongs. That you and I have the privilege of telling them that even though they deserve by their own actions, as do we, a lifetime sentence of community service, that Jesus' death, resurrection, and his ascension assure us that that sentence has been commuted. They can put down their works of righteousness. They can, they can let go of any burdens and any weights that they bear, and they can find in Jesus true rest. That was the mission to which Jesus was calling them. That is why we are here today as we observe ascension. And when I say here today, I don't mean just here in this sanctuary in God's house. I mean here today in that you woke up this morning, you are living and breathing today because that mission has not been completed. Trust me, you'll know when it's done. Because that'll be the day that Jesus returns and it will be abundantly clear that we're done with the kinds of tragic headlines that we had to listen to again this past week. Those will be a thing of the past when the mission is completed. But as long as we keep waking up and living and breathing each and every day, that is because 
the mission has not yet been completed. And just as, as Jesus echoed to his disciples when he was ascending into the, to the heavens back to his rightful place, he laid out for them and lays out for us exactly what that mission is. In verses 46 and following, Luke tells us, He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. That's our mission. That's the church's mission. That's every one of our individual mission. That means, dear friends, that you have purpose, that you have significance, that you have meaning for your time here on life, which matters to all of us. All of us have struggled from one time to another to say, why am I here? I feel like I'm just going through the mundane, the monotonous, and my life is not making any difference. Jesus says you have a mission to carry out, and it is that mission of letting others know who he is, what he has done for them as well. Is that mission unclear in, in any way? Because if that lacks clarity, if it's a little fuzzy on the details, realize that Jesus stands ready to offer any kind of clarity that is needed, just as he did to the disciples. We're told that uh, he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. When we hear that phrase today, uh, an open mind, if somebody tells you that you need to be more open-minded, it's not typically a compliment that they are paying you. It's their way of saying that you are very narrow-minded, that in this matter or that matter, you're only seeing something one way. You need to be more open-minded and, and see it from a different perspective. And that can be helpful sometimes. And indeed, in this case, as Jesus opened their minds, it was for a very specific purpose, a very specific thing that was lacking on the part of the disciples, as Luke tells us, understanding the scriptures. And it is those scriptures that we need to return to again and again to be reminded of why we're here. If you read leadership articles or books today, one of the very popular and rightfully so themes that you'll hear or principles is that as leaders, it's important to communicate the why to your people. If the what is all they know, do this and here's, here's how you do it, the what or the how, that's one thing and it will work for a little while, but what really drives people is to, to be mindful of why they're doing something. That's what fills us with passion. That's what ignites us and keeps us on task. That's what fuels us to do the what's and the how. And again, Jesus laid out very clearly for us the, the why of the mission. And if we lose sight of, if, if we don't have that zeal, if there is no passion, it, it means that, that we need to get back to the why. That message of repentance and forgiveness of sins because of Jesus' death and his resurrection, that message that is for us, the good news of the gospel, that we need to soak up for ourselves. And the more we do that, then we see how imperative it is not just to soak it up for ourselves, but to share it with others as well. See, that mission remains unchanged. The very mission that Jesus gave to his disciples at the ascension is the same mission that his disciples have today. 
Maybe you've heard of the Tomb of the, the Unknown Soldier, a, a monument in Arlington National Cemetery. And it's a monument that has been there for 100 years. And the reason it's there is to, to honor all of those unrecognized men and women who have given their lives in our nation's battles throughout history. Honoring them who have not been recognized, the dead who have not been identified. And I've never been there, but if you're there, you'll see that there are guards, there are sentinels standing near that, that tomb to guard, to protect it, to make sure that it's not defaced, that, that it is appreciated and respected by visitors who are there. And that privilege of standing guard, of serving as a sentinel at this tomb, is not one taken lightly. Only 20% of those that, that volunteer to do so are actually chosen. And as you witness the, the exchange or the changing of the guard, not many people have, have known the, the message that is relayed from the guard standing duty as he passes it off to the other. But as the incoming guard is there and, and the outgoing is relieved of his duty, the one that is standing post says, Post and orders remain as directed. And then the incoming guard says, Orders acknowledged. Post and orders remain as directed. In other words, that's a way of saying nothing has changed. The mission, the objective is the same. Which is every bit as much true for us today when we consider the mission that Jesus gave to his disciples on ascension. Nothing has changed. The mission is the same. And just as Jesus called the disciples at that time to carry out that mission then, so he also calls and qualifies us to do the same. And not only that, but he has promised that, that if you think that you are not up to the task, that he is the one that equips you for that task, just as he promised to the disciples at that day, which is really what he was foreshadowing, this special event that we'll observe next Sunday, Pentecost, an event that was going to happen 10 days after Jesus' ascension. That's the power and the promise that Jesus was giving to his disciples to carry out this mission when he said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, the Holy Spirit, as he did on Pentecost. The confidence that we go with today is that God promises to equip us with the same power. He doesn't promise, nor does he need to, some special outpouring of the Spirit in, in sounds of, of wind rushing or tongues of fire, as again we'll see next Sunday, because he doesn't need to. He has given us the most powerful and effective tool, weapon, to equip us to carry out his mission, the Word of God. And not only that, but he has dressed us appropriately in our baptism with everything that we need to carry out the mission. And he feeds us and nourishes us with his very body and blood to satisfy us and fill us up to carry out this mission. That is what we have been called to. Jesus promises to equip you with what is needed to carry out that mission. Do you need to hear it again? This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You heard the word repentance in those words. We already talked about how, how Jesus promised to open their minds 
so that they could understand Scripture better. That word repentance carries with it another idea, a concept that is attached to the mind. Not opening their minds, but really repentance is to change one's mind. So as we preach law and gospel, as we share, as we communicate these truths of Scripture, the power of the Word of God, pointing others very clearly to their sin and more importantly to their Savior who has forgiven that sin, that is exactly the work that the Holy Spirit carries out, the work of repentance. He changes their minds to see Jesus as their gracious, compassionate Lord and Savior. If we have lost the zeal to carry out the mission that Jesus gave to his church at Ascension, is there a need for us to change our minds? A need for us to repent, to confess that oftentimes our lackluster desire at carrying out the mission is because, quite frankly, we don't care about the mission. Or we say we do, but our actions don't align with that. Is there a need for us to confess that far too often we are willing to acknowledge I should have spoken of Jesus, I should have have witnessed, I should have shared my faith in that, but not so much a willingness to do anything about it after the fact or to change in the future. Is there a need for us to, to repent, to confess that far too often we buy into the lie that I'm to insert anything here to carry out the mission? I'm, I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. I'm, I'm too timid. I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too, the list goes on. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the truth is we are too forgiven not to carry out the mission we have been given. That each and every one of us knows the purpose, the significance, the value that God has attached to us because of the work that Jesus did for us. And it's the work to which he calls us, to which he privileges us to carry out that mission for him for his church, and for the lost and condemned. Our culture makes quite a big deal about fame in this day and age. And sadly, again, as we were reminded this past week, some will do and go through the most atrocious acts of, of violence even just to get a few moments of fame. Not everybody. Others are happy to hope for a, a booming social media account that will bring them fame. Or vehicles like YouTube promise a, a path to quick fame if we can just put out a viral video. There's no shortage of, of ways to be famous, and, and everybody is clamoring for that. So I guess rather than lament that, rather than speak against that, let's, let's jump aboard that ship. Let's, let's seek fame, but, but not fame for ourselves, not for you and me. Let's do what we can to actually make Jesus famous, to draw attention to our Savior in a day and age where so many outside of the church have a bad image, 
that the church, that, that Christianity leaves a bad taste in their mouth. And sometimes we have to confess that that's self-imposed. We have brought that on ourselves when the world only sees Christians and the Christian church tearing down how awful the world is instead of lifting up and holding up Christ to a desperate and dark and lost world. When the world sees us digging in our heels instead of digging into, into the Word of God. When the world sees Christians that are are not very Christ-like, quite frankly. Are we doing everything that we can to make Jesus the star, the hero, the one who deserves the acclaim and honor that Revelation points to? The, the, the honor and the acclaim that, that we, we offer him when we gather at least in his house on Sundays. Dear friends, there's so much more that we can do. We can stop, stop praying small and, and start playing big in terms of who God has called us to be in this world to carry out the mission that he has given to us because you have purpose, you have significance, you have meaning to carry out this mission. And if you doubt it, look only to the empty tomb and you see in his resurrection that we are victorious over meaninglessness. You have purpose. You've been called to the same mission that I have. And as we seek to, to make Jesus famous, as we seek to, to not draw attention to ourselves, but to focus and highlight our Savior, carrying out His mission, His purpose, He will bless those efforts. So let us faithfully, let us renew ourselves, let us rededicate ourselves to the mission that he has given to us with the assurance that the risen and ascended Savior who is overseeing all of our efforts, all of our work, and promises to bless the work that we do as we carry out his mission, let us do everything that we possibly can to secure as many souls as possible before Jesus returns and the mission is over. Let us make the most of our time of grace to bring as many souls as God will possibly allow with us to the joy of heaven. May God bless your efforts at carrying out his mission with his purpose. Amen.